Good morning. It's June 3rd, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Morning Blitz, a 15-minute daily podcast catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined this and every day on the other line by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor, Trey Scott. Trey, how are we doing? Connor, I have good news for you. 82 days until the start of college football. Ooh, ooh. I'm, I'm starting to Miami, get excited. Florida, in Orlando. Can you feel it? I can feel it. That's exciting. That is uh, like a less than a uh, trimester. If we got any pregnant listeners, uh, less than a trimester. You would know more about that than I would. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> Trey, we got some. It kind of felt like uh, a little. This this weekend to me kind of felt like I don't know. Pretty big college football news weekend. If you count Friday uh, on mm-hmm. Sunday, we got uh, as big a bombshell as you're likely to get during the off season. Uh, Michigan's Leading returning rusher, Chris Evans, uh, was announced suspended for the entirety of the 2019 season on the MichiganInsider.com. Josh Josh Henske writes, uh, the punishment for academic issue was brought forth by the university and not the football program. Uh, Evans has appealed the decision in hopes to be eligible by fall. Evans did not participate in spring, and it sounds like Michigan was kind of stealing themselves for this possibility. But, uh, Trey, how big of an impact are you thinking that this is going to be for the Wolverines? It looks like it's sizable. Now, we know they knew it might be happening. But, I mean, Chris Evans was second on the team in rushing the last two seasons behind Karan Higdon, who's who's gone. I think this means that the casual college football audience should turn its attention now to five-star true freshman Zach Charbonnet. He's actually a five-star in the top two, four, seven, four-star in the composite. Number four overall running back. I think there's a few other guys in that Michigan room who, you know, might have a leg up over starting over him, including a former walk-on. But talent wins out, especially at a, at a program like Michigan. And it looks like we might see a uh, a big-time debut this fall for Zach Charbonnet, the running back out of Oaks Christian, California. Trey, some news that we've been talking about for several days on the Morning Blitz finally came to fruition as expected on Friday. Brew McCoy tells Texas he's entering the transfer portal. Yes, it's it's over. It's finally over. Now we kind of wait for USC to be announced as the school. I ha- I don't think Brew has entered the portal as of Sunday. We keep a pretty close eye on that at 24-7 Sports. He ha- he's not in the portal yet, but he is entering the portal. So Texas moves on now. Texas will use this as a as a moment to rally the troops, circle the wagons and say, all right, everyone who's here, you want to be here. Sorry to every other slot receiver on the roster. We love you. Don't worry. Even though Brew is going to take your job. USC can't possibly expect Brew McCoy to be eligible this fall. So maybe 2020, whoever's coaching the Trojans, if if Clay Helton doesn't use Graham Harrell to get things turned around this fall, 2020 could be a pretty special offensive year for the Trojans, at least with JT Daniels and Monroe St. Brown. And uh, Tyler Vaughn's there on offense, so it's and, finally over, though. Aren't you glad? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have nearly as much emotionally invested in this as you did, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good, it's good, it's good to have that one in the books. I, I will be interested to see in the next few months, maybe, maybe not, probably not weeks, but months. Like, does this impact any program's pursuit of long distance cross country players? Does it? Does this have any indicate? Like, does this mean anything for the transfer portal going forward? This is probably not the intent of the NCAA transfer portal is to be able to transfer twice within six months. So we'll see if this is a watershed moment for college football or just one really, really, really weird story. Yeah, 
Um, another development that we'd been monitoring and happened as expected uh, last week, the SEC voted to approve alcohol sales uh, at its games, uh, and we finally got to, got to see some of the fine print that comes with that. Um, according to SEC release, uh, there will be designated uh locations where the beer can be sold and it's going to be limited to seating areas so i guess we're talking about student sections where everybody's standing up probably not selling beer in there for a number of reasons um a limit on the number of alcoholic beverage purchased per transaction and designated times that sales must cease to uh, specific to each athletics event uh that of course if you've been to a sports game where they do sell beer that won't be anything new to you whether it's uh closing down the stand during the seventh inning stretch or the fourth quarter or whatever it is so that all sounds pretty standard where things maybe diverge a little bit is as we talked about last week it's kind of now okay so this just allows schools that want to do it to do it but now it's on the schools to like, you know, it, there's still a lot of log- for the schools that do want to go ahead and do it. There's the logistics of getting this set up, finding a vendor, finding a, and just do everything that involved in selling a product. And it's really kind of a short turnaround to do that. So who knows, even if the schools that are super gung ho about it, some, some roadblocks to clear for sure. But it seems like there are a couple that are maybe straight up not interested in it. Auburn, uh, at least for right now, uh, we've reported that uh, Auburn undercover uh, won't, won't be selling beer and um alabama alabama's also on that list are they like permanent we're out on this or just for now well for, permanently for this fall yeah okay They're okay out too uh georgia's out mississippi state looks like it's out i like how lsu is like obviously gonna be in uh <laughs> yeah. according to sports illustrated ole miss probably texas a&m probably we'll see what do you think the gamecocks are gonna do um I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I really don't know. I can't say I have my finger on the pulse of that situation. I know at, at least when I lived in Columbia, alcohol was still, there were lots of weird regulations about when it could be sold. So maybe some of that blue law culture kind of bleeds into, into how this decision gets made. I honestly can't say I know. Um, I think the smart money is the majority of schools this fall in the SEC not selling alcohol, but by probably like in the next three years, almost everyone does. Yeah. Even I guess. Yeah. Even like I said, from just from a logistical perspective, there's a lot to turn around to get this done. And then I think maybe some that some that were kind of assuming it is like not an important disaster where you've got like Twitter videos of people fighting and, uh, and all that kind of thing and throwing beer at each other, then I, I imagine what will happen is other schools will look around and be like, all right, that, that money, um, LSU is making, that looks pretty good to me too. So, uh, let's go ahead and uh, break us off some of that. So we'll see. Um, it's, it's, it's getting to a point where it's kind of wild to me. The, it's probably just a function of it being May slash June when this came up, but just the degree to which this is getting broken down and analyzed like bit by bit line item by line item here on like how exactly this is all going to work. Um, I don't know. It's honestly maybe gotten more scrutiny, at least in my Twitter timeline than like some of the actual rule changes to the, to the actual game. Um, so it kind of feels like an election. You're like, LSU's in. Yeah. Aub- Auburn's out. So, yeah. yeah. 
we're, we don't don't quite have all precincts reporting at uh, yeah. at some of them. Um, <laughs> so that'll that'll be one to monitor for sure, depending on uh, which, which fan base, SEC fan base, you're a part of if you are a part of one. Um, so Trey, uh, some pretty big uh, official visit weekends. I know. Um, I personally was emotionally invested in a, in a soccer match that was happening on Saturday. So I did not follow all the commitments super closely, but uh, I understand you're going to give us a little rundown of, uh, of, of some of the action we got. Sorry about your spurs. I did watch the last 10 minutes of that one. Yeah, uh, very anyway, Julian Fleming on Friday committed to Ohio state. That is the number six overall player in the entire country for the class of 2025 star receiver was earlier regarded as a Clemson lean. So I think the Buckeyes will have to hold on to him, but that's a big, big, big get for Ryan Day. That's a they've they got a five star in the 2019 class too. Garrett Wilson out of out of Austin, Texas. So they're loading that corpse in there. Georgia four star defensive tackle Warren Brinson is headed to Athens. Auburn had the Big Cat weekend. It's one that always gets a lot of buzz. Three star offensive tackle JV and Cohen's going there. Blake Smith, a three star tight end out of Dallas, commits to Texas A&M. And then my last one for this weekend. A three-star safety with the last name of Venables. Tyler Venables commits to Clemson, no surprise, son of defensive coordinator Brent Venables. So maybe in the next few off-seasons when we say, will Brent leave? We'll say, nope, his son's at school at Clemson. So, Trey, is there anything coming up in the week ahead that we should kind of be keeping an eye out for? It looks like the number 31 recruit in the class of 2016 transfer offensive tackle Landon Dickerson out of Florida State is about to make a decision. Hank South of Bama Online reports a decision is coming in short order. Alabama is probably number one here. Texas A&M, by virtue of Dickerson's connections with former Knoll coach Jimbo Fisher, is number two. This is a luxury get, and if it's for Alabama, it's especially a luxury one. The Tide only lose two offensive line starters from last year. Uh, they're loaded at tackle. Dickerson was an oft-injured player. Three straight years, Connor, he suffered a season-ending injury in Tallahassee. I think he'd be an interior depth guy. And maybe a place he could help. Starting guard last year, Deontay Brown, is suspended for the first four games this year for the Tide. They don't need him in the first four games. They probably don't need him at any point in the regular season. But uh, Dickerson could, could fill a nice role in that room, and, and maybe we'll see if he ever sees the field in a dire situation but Landon Dickerson likely happening this week that's one to keep an eye on for sure that's going to do it for today's episode of the 24 7 sports morning blitz if you enjoyed what you heard make sure to leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts and tell a friend to check us out for Trey Scott I'm Connor Tapp and we'll see you bright and early on Tuesday for the next edition of the 24 7 sports morning blitz